When is the last time you talked to someone about Jesus? When's the last time you shared the gospel, the good news that a person, no matter what he or she has done, can find life and forgiveness and transformation in Jesus Christ? The Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. This is Real Truth for today, and I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. I'm the pastor of First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas, and the founder of From His Heart Ministries. From His Heart is heard every weeknight at 6 p.m. Central Time right here on American Family Radio. You can find out more by going to fromhisheart.org, fromhisheart.org. You can follow me on Twitter and hear my thoughts at Jeff Shreve, J-E-F-F-S-C-H-R-E-V-E. Well, I am excited this morning to welcome to the program a man who is a bold witness for Jesus Christ. He is not ashamed of the gospel. Ray Comfort. Ray is the founder and CEO of Living Waters. He's a best-selling author who has over a hundred books to his credit. That's pretty amazing. And he's the co-host of The Way of the Master. He's produced solid Christian films to strengthen our faith. Ray, it's an honor. Welcome to Real Truth for Today. Jeff, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Well, you're very welcome. Thank you for coming on. I know it's early on the West Coast, and so uh, we are very grateful. Hey, I read something in your bio that I just loved. It says, Ray has not left the house without gospel tracks in his pocket for decades. Tell me about that. Yeah, well, they're a, they're a great way to uh, share the gospel with people. If you have trouble with the fear of man or the fear of woman, um, just carry a gospel track with you. And there's a way to get it into people's hands discreetly, uh, without offense. Just say, did you get one of these? And that stirs curiosity. We've got one track that looks like a million-dollar bill. We've sold it millions and millions of them because people love receiving what looks like an authentic million-dollar bill. They actually know that it's not real because there's no such thing as a million-dollar bill, but it has the gospel on the back. And so often people come up and say, can I have another one of those? Can I have some for my friends? And so it makes sharing the gospel so much easier because most of us couldn't go to a university and stand up on a soapbox and preach the gospel, but we can leave a tract lying somewhere or we can give it to a lady at the checkout stand. So it's a wonderful way to witness. Amen. Okay, so Ray, for those who aren't familiar with you, uh, tell us how you came to know Christ. You grew up in New Zealand, is that right? Yes, I was born twice in New Zealand. Uh, I was brought up in a non-Christian home. My mother was Jewish, and I was left to make up my own mind about God. I think I went to church three times in 22 years. I was incredibly bored. Well, you wouldn't believe when I was in church. I thought, how can anyone stand this? <laughs> I believed in God, prayed, but I'm not kidding. The highlight when I was about a nine-year-old kid was some uh, real alcohol during communion that hit the back of my throat. Other than that, I hardly remember anything about <laughs> church other than I was going crazy sitting there. And uh, at about the age of 20 or so, I began to get the revelation that I was part of the ultimate statistic. Actually, it happened a lot earlier. I used to play... Uh, cowboys and Indians with my friends, and I'd get shot, and I would die for like five or ten seconds and run off again to shoot some more Indians or whatever, or cowboys, depending what side I was on. But I had the revelations I got into my teenage years that, hey, I'm going to get shot, there's a bullet waiting for me, and I'm not going to get up. And so the reality of death began to uh, 
dawn on me, and I couldn't see any answer anywhere. I thought, this is crazy. I'm waiting around to die. It was just, I had a, a Solomon experience of vanity, vanity. Achieved everything I wanted to achieve and thought, well, I'm just going to wait around to die. And it was nuts. And God heard my cry. One night I, I wept. Tears poured down my cheeks as I thought of the futility of life and losing my wife through death or losing my loved ones. And didn't, uh, didn't pray, but God heard my cry. And six months later, heard the gospel, read the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus said, if you look at a woman and lust for her, you've committed adultery already with her in your heart. And I remember going, oh, no, you're kidding. Because as, as a normal red-blooded male, I got incredible pleasure out of lust. Every woman I looked at, it had pleasure just looking at with a with a sinful desires. And God changed my heart immediately, so I thirsted after righteousness and found everlasting life. And I was like a crazy man, and I still am after 50 years. Uh, <laughs> del- delirious with the fact that I, I found everlasting life, and I want to share it with this dying world. Amen. I've heard uh, it said about one evangelist, uh, he was saved and he never got over it. That, uh, to me, that really describes you. Uh, You're as excited about Jesus today more than ever. Would that be correct in saying that? Oh, yes. I have trouble expressing how I feel like the Apostle Paul, uh, the unspeakable gift. He couldn't find words. I mean, I just have to keep saying to myself, because I know it's true, I have everlasting life, and all around me, people are dying. So it's a tremendous burden. It's like being in a a lifeboat and being saved in that boat, and all around you, people are drowning. And people on the lifeboat are actually polishing the brass rather than reaching out to those that are drowning. And so it's very frustrating because you want to get the church motivated. So few Christians share their faith because they're afraid. And I've got to tell you, Jeff, I'm afraid too. Every time I look at uh, as Zacchaeus, he goes to a Goliath in seconds. I think I'm going with this guy. <gasps> and I get those fears. Everybody does, and because we're fighting a spiritual battle. But we're like firefighters. The firefighter shows up at a fire, and he looks up. Fifth story, a mother with the kids is at a ledge, uh, holding on to them as flames lick behind him. What's he going to do, go home because he's scared? Of course he's terrified, but he'll climb that 60-foot ladder. He'll reach out and grab that woman, terrified though he may be. Because love does that. The scriptures use a very similar analogy. It says others having compassion, making a difference, pulling them from the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. That's in the book of Jude, and that's what we should be like. Filled with compassion, ignoring our fears like a firefighter, because we've got a duty. We have a moral obligation. There's a, a crime called depraved indifference. And it's a crime that you can commit by doing nothing. If you stand there and watch a man drown when there's a rope at your feet that you could have thrown to him, you'll get thrown into jail because you're guilty of what's called depraved indifference. You could have done something and you didn't. And it seems that much of the church is guilty of the crime of depraved indifference. World go to hell, I couldn't care less. No, no, we've got to say, oh God, give me a heart of stone. Give me, uh, Take my heart of stone, give me a heart of flesh right. so I care about the lost. And I'll ignore my fears and take the gospel to them. Well, I was thinking, as you were saying that, Ray, I was thinking about Ezekiel 33, verse 8, where the Lord says, When I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you shall surely die, and you do not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require from your hand. Uh, That's a pretty sobering scripture, and uh, it's one that should wake us up as believers that 
we have friends, we have neighbors, we have loved ones. Have we shared the gospel with them? And not to mention the people we rub shoulders with. Uh, one of the things that you've done uh, that has helped me so much personally, I've watched a lot of uh, YouTube videos where you and Kirk go out just on the beach or wherever you are, and, and you share the gospel in, in a way you've called the way of the master. Um, that's far different from what a lot of us grew up with, the four spiritual laws. It, it kind of comes at a different uh, angle. Uh, talk about that. When did that really um, click in your head that this is a great way to show people how, why they need Jesus, why he came, and why it's so important to make a decision? Yeah, it came in uh, uh, August of 1980. Uh, when I was sitting reading a portion of sermon by Charles Spurgeon, where he said something that just sort of blew me away. Uh, he said, what will you do when the law comes in terror? He's talking about the moral law, the Ten Commandments. What will you do when the law comes in terror? When the trumpet of the archangel shall tear you from your grave, when the eyes of God shall burn their way into your guilty soul, when the book shall be opened and all your sin and shame shall be punished. Can you stand against an angry law in that day? I remember thinking, oh, that's a little different from God loves you and has a wonderful <laughs> plan for your life. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I thought, what is, Spurgeon, what is Spurgeon doing? He's opening up the divine law like Jesus did in the Sermon on the Mount and showing that lust is adultery. He's doing what Jesus did with the rich young ruler when he ran to Jesus, knelt down and said, good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus didn't talk about a wonderful plan or God's love. He said, why do you call me good? There's none good but God. And he said, you know the commandments. And he gave him five of the Ten Commandments. Why did he do that? To bring the knowledge of sin. Apostle Paul in the book of Romans said, I had not known sin but by the law. People won't repent and trust in Jesus unless they see they have sinned against God. It's like a, uh, a, a doctor He's sitting in his office. In comes a man. He looks healthy. He's been working out. He looks great. But the doctor knows he's got a terminal disease because he's seen x-rays. And he says to the guy, how are you doing? He says, I'm really well. And he thinks, I've got a problem here because this guy thinks he's well. I've got a cure in my pocket to this disease, but he's not going to take it while he thinks he's well, which makes sense. So instead of giving him the cure, he shows him the x-rays of this poison seeping through his system. And when he begins to sweat, that is the well man begins to sweat, then he gives him the cure once he realizes he has the disease. And what we've done for the last little, literally 100 years is given the good news, given the, given the cure without <laughs> showing the disease, without showing the x-rays. So if you go through the commandments and say to someone, do you think you're a good person? And they say, yes, I am. Then you show them the x-rays. Say, so, well, let, let's have a look at God's word and see what, what it says. Let's look at the Ten Commandments. How many lies have you told? Have you ever stolen something? Have you ever used God's name as a cuss word? And they say, oh, yeah, bad habit. So would you use your mother's name as a cuss word? I'd say, no, why not? Well, that's my mom. I respect her. And I say, but you don't respect the God that gave you a mother, that gave you life. You've taken his holy name and used it in place of the S word to express disgust. That's called blasphemy. So serious in God's eyes, it's punishable by death. And then the fourth uh, question is, you know, when you say you're a good person, Jesus said, if you look with lust, commit adultery in your heart. Have you ever looked with lust? They say, I do it all the time. And then I say to the person, so, well, I'm not judging you, but you've just told me you're a lying thief, a blasphemer, and an adulterer at heart. And you should see their reaction. Their mouth goes like a road tunnel. They say, I've never, never heard it put like that before. What should I do? And yeah. they're ready for the cure. 
then they're ready for the gospel. And you can see this happen again and again on a YouTube channel, like you mentioned. Over 200 million views. We're blown away that we have access to so many across the world. And so you can see that you won't be intimidated when you bring up the commandments, because you're not addressing the intellect, the place of argument, you're speaking directly to the conscience, the place of the knowledge of right and wrong, and that'll affirm what you're saying to be true. And so instead of getting into battles intellectually, you have the person saying, yeah, you're right, yeah, I have done these things, I know I've done wrong, I need to put my faith in Christ. So we encourage people to watch a YouTube channel, it's free, and see there's nothing, you can, you can make an atheist backslide in 30 seconds or even quicker, just say to him, <laughs> do, do, do you really believe the scientific impossibility that nothing created everything? Because that's what an atheist believes, he thinks he's intelligent, but he believes that nothing created everything. Not that nothing was in the beginning. No, he believes that nothing was the thing that created flowers and birds and trees, seasons and fruits and male and female and every species. Atheism is intellectual insanity. It's absolute craziness. And you'll see atheists backslide the second they hear that. Oh, well, I'm not really a, an atheist. I've never really thought about this. And so uh, one other thing that I think is really important, the biggest thing that's got rid of the fear of man for me and has made Goliath go down to his true size is just this one question. When I meet a stranger and I want to share the gospel with him, I can bring up the subject without bringing up the subject. All I do is say this, hey, how you doing? He says, good. So what's your name? He says, Fred. I say, Fred, I've got a question for you. He says, what is it? I say, do you think there's an afterlife? Do you think there's an afterlife? I didn't mention God, Jesus, heaven, hell, the Bible, sin, righteousness, or judgment, any of these things. That make us feel uncomfortable, I just ask for his opinion. And that has been huge for me because people say, yeah, I think there is. You're going to heaven, do you think? I hope so. And his I hope so dissipates my fear. So that's an absolute key. Write it down because it'll help you get over your fear of man. Amen. Amen. Well, we're talking to Evangelist Ray Comfort. He's encouraging us as we uh, step out of our comfort zone to share the gospel. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Well, you're listening to Real Truth for Today, and I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. We're going to take a quick break and then continue our discussion with Ray about sharing Christ with a lost and dying world. Don't go away. You ever make a change and then think, why didn't I do this years ago? Well, that's how people feel about switching to MediShare for their health care, especially now with inflation the way it is. People are very happy with the savings. Most families save about $500 a month when they switch. It's a huge help when prices are going up so fast in so many other areas. And MediShare's customer satisfaction rate is double that of health insurance. It's just a different experience, and people really like that. MediShare is an alternative to health insurance. It's a community of Christians who share each other's healthcare bills, and it's been going strong for over 25 years. It really is the gold standard, the most trusted name in healthcare sharing. Find out why people love it. Find out why they rave about the customer service and find out how good it feels to save some money right now. They're super easy to talk to. Here's the number, 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE, 833-44-BIBLE. Today's culture is opting for entertainment rather than biblical enlightenment. 
For those who resist that trend, Friends of Israel shows listeners why loving the Jewish people and supporting Israel is important to the Christian faith. Friends of Israel shares biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah and promotes solidarity with the Jewish people. This is Chris Katolka of the Friends of Israel Today radio program heard each weekend on this station, and here's what's happening in Israel. Friends of Israel, Saturday afternoon at 2, here on American Family Radio. Do you see yourself too sinful for God to care? Here's Pastor Jeff Shreve with From His Heart Ministries. You know, one of the big reasons why people have a love problem with the Lord is because they haven't received His love for them. They don't really compute that. They don't really believe that God could really and truly love them without conditions, but He does. Join Pastor Jeff Shreve on From His Heart, weeknights at 6 Central here on American Family Radio. In a world where no one can tell us no. To this day, every human being born on this planet is the product of a male and a female. That's the way God set it up. God created us in His image. A place where Facebook and YouTube have no control. I think the command in Scripture relative to men and women is not mainly women sit down, but men stand up, act like men, lead as you're supposed to. A place where we can no longer be canceled. When the scripture speaks, God speaks. And if you understand that rightly, then everything else simply falls into place. The American Family Association presents the AFA streaming platform. Just visit streaming.afa.net for the latest films, documentaries, and AFA original productions. You'll even find videos from some of your favorite talk shows. All you have to do is create a free account at streaming.afa.net. Welcome back to Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve, and it is a great honor to have on the program this morning Ray Comfort. Ray is a powerful witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. He has written uh, over 100 books, and he's produced some great uh, Christian movies that strengthen our faith and, and give us boldness to share. Sometimes we look at an evangelist like Ray, and we've seen his uh, YouTube videos where he shares the gospel with total strangers on the on the street, streets of L.A. right by the beach. He has a lot of those by the beach, and you just think, man, how can, I mean, he does that so well, and it's so easy for him, but it's so hard for me. And so, uh, Ray, how can you encourage, or what would you say to encourage the person that just says, I don't know what to say, I, I just... I just don't think I could do what he does. Uh, how would you encourage them? Well, practice what you preach. Um, by that I mean, when you uh, were a little, uh, a little child, you don't remember this, but you, you crawled. But you didn't stay crawling for the rest of your life. You got up and walked because you wanted to. Uh, when you wanted to ride a bike, got on a bike, and you learned that momentum is the key. If you can just get going, then you'll get balanced. When you wanted to drive a car, you didn't sit in your garage in the car. You actually turned it on and went somewhere and learned how to drive. Exactly the same applies to evangelism. Just do it. Uh, <laughs> you know, you, you don't realize the Holy Spirit dwells within you unless you step out in faith and you begin sharing the gospel. And all you have to do is get a little structure, say to someone, do you think there's an afterlife, and then use the Socratic method. That sounds very intelligent, but what it means is just ask questions. You know, do you think there's an afterlife? They say, oh, yeah, I hope so. So do you think you'll make it to heaven? So you just ask two questions and say, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think so. Do you think you're a good person? 
And most people, like the rich young ruler, think they're good people, and most of them need the commandments to show them what sin is. So learn to go through the commandments. I use four commandments. You shall not lie, you shall not steal, uh, don't use God's name and in vain, and, uh, and if you look with lust, you commit adultery in the heart, which is the seventh commandment. The reason I do that is because Jesus used some of the commandments, and so did Paul in uh, Romans chapter 2 when he said, You who say you shall not steal, do you steal? You say you shall not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? On your being is like Nathan. Remember, David had broken the Ten Commandments. He coveted his neighbor's wife, lived a lie, stole his neighbor's wife, committed adultery, committed murder. He skittled all those commandments. And when Nathan went to him, he didn't talk about a wonderful plan. That would have been crazy to say, David, you know, I know you've committed adultery, and I'm not going to mention that because I don't want to embarrass you, but I'm going to talk about a wonderful plan. No, he didn't do that. He was faithful. He told David the story of a man who had stolen another man's lamb, and when David was indignant and said, that man will restore fourfold and he'll die, then Nathan said, you are that man. Why have you despised the commandment of the Lord? And David cried out, I have sinned against heaven. And then we see that wonderful penitent psalm where David said, against you and you only I sin, have I sinned. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness. So you and I are called to be Nathans. We're called to fear God rather than fear man. And we're called to be faithful to the message that's given to us. And we will do that if we have a mind to. The problem is most of us haven't had a Gethsemane experience. We have dropped to our knees before the Lord. We've sweat drops of blood at the thought of evangelism because it's a scary thing, but we've ended up by saying, not my will, but yours be done. That's what we need to do. Just sell out. I'm no different than you. I have problems with the fear of man all the time, but I ignore them because love will do that. One analogy, could I ever get you to jump into a pond that had chunks of ice in it it was so cold if you stayed in there you'd be dead for in three minutes uh, no no let's say a four-year-old boy fell into that pond and his feet didn't touch the bottom they began to drown what would you do then you'd say i'd jump in why because you care about that child you forget about your flesh because love will do that and the bible says perfect love will cast out all fear Mm. if you have the love of god in you you'll push aside your fears you'll forget about the flesh and it's a, it's a very cold task because it's irksome, as Spurgeon said. But love will do that. So if you have a problem with the fear of man, don't pray for less fear. Pray for more love because that's the problem. Mm, I like that. That's really good. Well, now, Ray, one of the things that uh, that I love about your videos uh, when you, you're sharing Christ, it does it does show us how to do it. Um, and it's like, okay, if he does that, uh, I can do that too. Uh, a line from a movie I like, it says, what one man can do, another man can do. And so we give, and, and you do a great job in giving encouragement to other believers that, hey, you can do this uh, also. But um, as you share Christ, um, you're not offensive in, in your person. You're, you're not coming at people and poking them in the eye. You're letting the gospel do that. Uh, let's talk about the difference between being a an obnoxious witness versus a faithful witness. How do you see the the difference between those two? Well, tone is very, very important. I mean, I can walk past a stranger and say, good morning, okay, or I can walk past and say, good morning. One says, yeah, whatever, have a good day, good morning, whatever. The other says, hey, I really care about you, and I hope you're having a good morning. So we need to make sure that tone is in our voice, and it should come naturally if the love of God dwells within us. Here is someone who is 
captive to the fear of death and the power of death. They're horrified at the thought we have the answers, so we must be gentle, as the scriptures say, gentle unto all men and meekness instructing those that oppose themselves. But there's a, there's a paradox here. Um, we have to be bold at the same time. Think of a waitress. She looks at three men that come into her restaurant, and they're, they're businessmen. They're wearing three-piece suits. They've got these important little suitcases, they, or cases, business cases. They sit down, and they've got papers everywhere. They're wheeling and dealing millions of dollars, obviously. They're so intimidated. No, she just walks up and says, can I take your order? Why is she bold? Well, she knows she has what they want. They're there to eat food. And so she's bold because of that knowledge. And you and I have what this world wants. We have everlasting life. It's the greatest news. It's the, the, the word gospel is the understatement of eternity. It means good news. Good news, everlasting life, free gift of God. So we know that there's a cry in every human heart for life. They don't want to die. There's this cry, well, I don't want to die. And we have the answer. So we must be like that waitress and be bold. This is why Jesus said to the woman at the well in John chapter 4, if you knew who it was that was speaking to you, you'd ask. He'd give you living water. And if the world only knew what we had in Christ, treasure beyond words, unspeakable gift of everlasting life, they would ask us, and there's a way to present it that makes sense. Go through the commandments first. Again, Living Water's YouTube channel, you'll see it done again and again. You can listen to a teaching called Hell's Best Kept Secret on our website, free of charge, livingwaters.com. It's right at the bottom of the homepage called Hell's Best Kept Secret. That's what Kirk Cameron listened to on it changed his attitude at the second time he heard it. He said, I was just blown away, and he called him one of combined ministries. So this is a teaching that will really help you to learn how to address the conscience rather than the intellect. Can I just say one other thing that's important? I'm not letting you get a word in. Sure. But just jump in it. That's it. You know, I don't know if you know what a poached egg is, but I poach eggs every morning for breakfast. I love it. Well, you cook the egg in water. What happens with a poached egg is it gets fluff on the top. And you have to scoop it away. It's that kind of meringue stuff before it becomes meringue. Uh, one day, uh, a year or so ago, I put a lid on a frying pan, and, wow, things cooked ten times faster, and there was no fluff. And the reason I say that is to talk about the thief on the cross. Why was it that the thief on the cross, who was at one point railing upon Jesus and blaspheming him, blaspheming him with the other uh, thief, suddenly changed his mind and said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. What changed his mind? I believe it was the knowledge that he was going to die. He was nailed to a cross. He couldn't go anywhere or do anything. He was waiting to die, waiting for the Romans to come, break his legs, and he'd suffocate and be in eternity. That got rid of the fluff. Nothing else mattered once he realized he was going to die. And we live in a day and age where a whole generation have realized, because of the pandemic, that they are going to die. They know all around them people are dying. Ten out of ten die. The fluff gets rid of when you have those thoughts. So when I go every day, I go out to share the gospel. I go on my bike with my dog. My dog's wearing sunglasses, and people just break down barriers when I meet them straight away. First thing I say on camera to them is, are you afraid to die? And they look at me like, how does he know? Mm. I haven't told mom, I haven't told dad. But I know because Hebrews 2 verse 14 and 15 says, all humanity is haunted by the fear of death all their lifetime. And so when you bring the subject up, it helps them to get rid of the fluff. Nothing else matters, what you do for a job, who you marry, you know, what, what, what sport you play. That's all fluff when you have the knowledge you're about to die. The only thing that matters is, what's going to happen to me? Where am I going to spend eternity? 
that a plus for us? And yeah. so uh, much of the church is arguing about social issues, and so we should. We've got to speak up about all these issues that are important, but that's the branches on the tree. The, the cause of the problem is the sinful heart of man, and the moment someone repents and comes to Christ, the moment they're born again, one man, one woman in marriage. Adultery is wrong. Fornication is wrong. Pornography is wrong. Why? Because God changed the heart, changes the heart on the inside, so we love righteousness, and righteousness is what what exalts the nation, so is the church. You've got to get back to the church of the book of Acts. If you try and find out what the social issues were in the book of Acts, you won't find them because the church didn't address them. They were there, homosexuality, child trafficking, adultery, fornication, but they knew the gospel went to the root of the tree, and that's what they preached. Amen. Um, Ray, let me ask you this about... uh true and false conversions. You know, it seems like in the church today and as we, as people talk about the gospel and even share the gospel, there's not a, a strong enough emphasis, in my opinion, that repentance and faith, Paul preached repentance toward God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, for someone who says, well, you don't have to repent in order to believe, uh, how would you answer that question? They say that because they have no knowledge of sin, and they have no knowledge of sin because they've never been confronted with the divine law to show them what sin is. And our churches are filled with false converts, people that, that uh, name the name of Christ but have never departed from iniquity. So what's missing is the fear of God. It's the fear of God that produces repentance and faith in Jesus. Jesus said, Fear not him who has power to kill your body and afterwards do no more. But fear him who has power to kill your body and cast your soul into hell. From New Zealand... When, when I was a kid, the police didn't have guns. They had sticks. Someone was naughty, they'd hit him with a stick. Same with England. Things have changed now. Uh, but the first thing I saw when I was in the United States, every time I saw a police officer, I'd say, oh, he's got a gun. Americans don't say that because we're used to it. But the first time I was, I've been stopped over a dozen times by police for open air preaching, and I always do what they say because I say to myself as he's walking towards me, he's got a gun. And so I said, yes, sir, no, sir, whatever, sir. It's not just a reverence I have for the police. It's a fear of what he can do to me. He can shoot me to death because he wants to get home tonight if I move too quickly. Hands out of pockets to give him a tract. No, I'm not going to do that. I'll just be very, very still and say, yes, sir, no, sir. I'm going to move, sir. Yep, I'm grease lightning doing what you say because it's not a reverence, as I said. It's a fear of what he can do. And Jesus said, same with God. Fear not him who has power to kill your body and afterward do no more fear him as power to kill your body and cast your soul into hell. Jeff, when I was 16, I found myself in long grass at night at the back of a dance hall with a gorgeous young 16-year-old girl, and my intentions as we lay in that grass were not honorable. But she said something that put the fear of God into me. She wasn't even a Christian. She, it was like a bundle of ice just fell on me and cooled me down instantly. She said about five words. She said as we lay there, you know what? I said, what? She said, God is watching us. Mm. I wasn't even a Christian. This was six years before I became a Christian. But I said, let's go back into the dance hall. (laughs) And that's what's missing. (laughs) That's what's missing in the church is the fear of God. Through the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. When you don't fear God, you look at pornography and say, I'm a Christian. Don't fear God. You lie and steal just little things. But that's playing the hypocrite. So... Fear of, the God, fear of the Lord is what's missing, and when you and the way to produce the fear of the Lord is just open up those commandments, as Jesus did in Mark uh, 10, verse 17, and in the, in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, the Bible says he will magnify the Lord, the Messiah, and make it honorable. And what the 
what the, the commandments do is put the fear of God. When God came with a smile on his face to give his law to Israel, the Bible says, so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. Mm. Those commandments make sinners fear and quake because they bring the knowledge of sin. So there's going to be a day of judgment, and there's going to be a real hell that people are going to be cast into. All liars are their part in the lake of fire. No argument. All liars. No white lies and fibs and half-truths. Man, that puts the fear of God in people, and they say, what must I do to be saved? Like the Philippian jailer. Earthquake caused him to do that. Got to give people their own little personal earthquake, and it does them good, and you do it in gentleness and in love, not like a hellfire. Finger-pointing, sweaty preacher. You just do it with gentleness in your tone and say, I love you, and I'm concerned for you. I don't want you to go to hell. Please listen to the gospel, and people do. Amen. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head, Ray. We are struggling uh, in the church and uh, obviously in our nation. There's no fear of God. Even among Christians, we, we don't have a healthy fear of God. I, I like what Paul said in Second Corinthians 5.10, where he talks about the judgment seat of Christ. And then the very next verse, therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade men. Even as believers, we need to live in the fear of the Lord always. Well, Ray, we have about another minute. Can you share uh, just briefly what what is your latest project and how we can be praying for you? Just pray for our YouTube channel. As I said, over 200 million views. It's just living on YouTube. We still want to reach the lost, and there are certain keys to doing it, so we need wisdom. We've got to have a good thumbnail. That's the picture on the YouTube thing. And have got to have a good title. If you just say, this is a girl, girl listens to preacher, no one's going to watch it, but if you say, <laughs> girl changed its mind after preacher says this, you yes. know, it stirs curiosity and, and gets people watching. So we just need wisdom. So please pray for us because we're a, a, we're in a wonderful, blessed position to reach so many with the gospel, and we just need God's wisdom. Amen. Real quick, how did you and Kirk Cameron get hooked up? Well, he heard Hell's Best Kept Secret, that teaching's at the bottom of livingwaters.com, and he called me and said, can I come and have a meal with you? And I said, let me just check my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a friend. <laughs> I had it free. We had a wonderful time. He spent three hours of ministry helping us load packages in a UPS truck, and we became good friends, and we still are. Yes, he's a good friend of mine, too. He's been in our home twice and had dinner with us and uh, been at our church three times. I need to get you uh, to come out to First Baptist Texarkana. Uh, you would be a great blessing to our church. Well, we've been talking to Ray Comfort, uh, who does a great work for the Lord. You're listening to Real Truth for today. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And don't go away. We'll be taking your calls in this next segment. When you hear this, this is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. American Family Studios was started back in 2011 as a way to advance the Christian worldview into an increasingly media-rich culture. Media is like such a powerful tool to communicate the gospel. I love writing stories, getting in my office, and just thinking, how can we portray this concept of who God's character is? And to get to use the gifts that God has given me is really a joy. AmericanFamilyStudios.net 
I feel so hopeless. hopeless. Is there any hope? I, I just feel like there's no hope at all. Is there any hope? Get hope. Get hope. Last week, Jesus used a friend to illuminate a situation in which I had not displayed love toward another person. That's TWR President Lauren Libby. Now, I sense the Spirit of God nudging my heart, and hopefully I was a little more transformed into being like Jesus. Personal transformation occurs as I lay down my personal rights and love others for who they are. Transformation begins on the inside, and God uses the thoughts of the Bible to transform me into a more godly character. Then God can use those changes in my personal character to illustrate His power and to love those who have not encountered Jesus. Now that's the start of hope. Need more hope? We have resources waiting for you, including a free devotional. You'll find them at GetHopeRadio.com. That's GetHopeRadio.com. When an unplanned pregnancy happens to a mom in crisis, preborn clinics are there. I was extremely scared. The father did not want the child, and he had made me choose him or the baby. This mother chose life after meeting with preborn counselors and seeing her baby on ultrasound. I just felt so blessed in the hand of God on me so strong. And I knew then on I was going to serve God and I was going to keep this child and I was going to love him just like God loved me so unconditionally. Preborn centers met this mom in her darkest hour, helping her to choose not only life for her baby, but life in Jesus. He was our little miracle child. God's timing was impeccable. Preborn clinics are the largest providers of free ultrasounds in America, introducing moms to their preborn babies and helping them choose life. To find out more, visit preborn.com or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. Welcome back to Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. We have been talking to Ray Comfort, Evangelist Ray Comfort, the way of the master, and uh, he has been encouraging our hearts. He had to go, but he has been encouraging our hearts for the last uh, 30 minutes about being the witness that God has called us to be. Uh, The scripture verse that comes to mind, Ezekiel chapter 33, where the Lord says, Son of man, speak to the sons of your people and say to them, If I bring a sword upon a land and the people of the land take one man from among them and make him their watchman, and he sees the sword coming upon the land and he blows on the trumpet and warns the people, then he who hears the sound of the trumpet and does not take warning, and a sword comes and takes him away, his blood will be on his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet but did not take warning, his blood will be on on himself." But had he taken warning, he would have delivered his life. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, and the people are not warned, and a sword comes and takes a person from them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require from the watchman's hand. God has placed us as a watchman on the wall, so to speak. All believers are watchmen on the wall. We know that death is coming for every person and the unsaved are going to be taken away. We as believers have passed out of death into life. We have uh, put our faith where God put our sins on the Lord Jesus Christ and he paid for all our sins and there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and of death. And the Lord has left us on this earth 
for one main purpose, and that is to be his witnesses, to be his ambassadors. And we have the power of the Holy Spirit. As Jesus said in Acts 1.8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. And so um, Ray just encouraged us to to just open our mouths and share. Is there fear? Yes, there will always be fear. The devil is Uh, He traffics in fear. He uses fear to intimidate us so that we don't shine for Christ, so that we don't stand up for Jesus, so that we don't share what great things the Lord has done for us and how he's had mercy on us. But we need to see that people are one heartbeat from hell. And when you really understand that a person without Christ is one heartbeat from eternal hell, that will... Uh, motivate you, motivate me to open our mouths and share what great things the Lord has done for us and how he's had mercy on us and how he wants to extend mercy and grace and salvation to them too. Well, I'd love to take your calls. one eight 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 five eight nine eight eight four zero. That's one eight 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 five eight nine eight eight four zero. And and let's share with one another uh, witnessing testimonies that we have had where we overcame the fear, where we shared with someone, and lo and behold, they wanted to hear and they responded to the gospel. Now, maybe they didn't receive Christ, but maybe they said, as it talks about in Acts chapter 17, where Paul shared the gospel, some sneered and some believed, and some said, we will hear more uh, from you concerning this. They're thinking about it. You know, um, we've talked before about uh, witnessing is like links on a chain. Sometimes you're the, the first link, and you introduce somebody to Christ and the the idea that, hey, you're a sinner and you need a Savior, they don't respond to that, but they hear the message. And then maybe you're the second link in the chain where you uh, also share a word about the Lord to somebody. They don't respond, but they're hearing it again. And, and maybe you're the third link and maybe you're the fourth link, but maybe you're the guy that, that uh, shares the gospel and the person says, you know what? I need Jesus. Will you help me? Uh, how, how do I pray this prayer? And you can be the person to actually lead them to faith in Christ. So, so did you win them to Christ? Well, in a way you did, but you were just the final link on the chain. It was all these other people that also sowed into their lives. I, I remember a, a lady a situation in my life when I was in seminary. I was driving around in Durham, North Carolina. I went to seminary, Southeastern Seminary, and I had a part-time job working for my old uh, company, Nalco Chemical Company, and uh, I, my wheel came off my car as I was driving in Research Triangle Park. The whole wheel, not the tire, the whole wheel came off the car as I was driving and it just rolled into the ditch. And so I went, I couldn't believe it. I, I went after it and uh, had to get my tire from out of the ditch. And I'm thinking, what in the world? I'm out in the middle of nowhere. What am I going to do? And a girl uh, stopped right behind me and she said, hey, uh, do you need help? And I said, yeah, I sure do. I just lost my wheel and uh, I'm going to have to call a tow truck and Uh, yeah, I need help. Can you drive me somewhere where I can use the phone? And so she said, yes. And and so as I was in the car with her, I I took it as a divine appointment. And I said to her, you know, uh, have you come to the place in your spiritual life where you know for certain if you were to die, you would go to heaven? 
And she said, no. And I started talking to her about Jesus. And she said to me, you're the third person this week who has talked to me about God. She said, what do you think that means? And I said to her, I said, I'll tell you what it means. It means that God is speaking to your heart and God wants you to come to know him and to receive his forgiveness. And she and I prayed in the car right there in the parking lot of this place where I was going to use their phone. We prayed for her to receive Christ. I was the the final link in the chain, but these other people had shared with her and it made such a difference for her because it brought her to faith in Christ. Hey, there are people in your circle of influence, in my circle of influence, there are people that we meet at the the restaurant, at the cleaners, at the grocery store. Uh, They're one heartbeat from eternal hell, and we have what they need. As Ray said, hey, everybody that we meet, we have what they need, and we can share that. What a privilege to uh, to be able to share the gospel with people. Well, the number to call is 1-888-589-8840. And if you have a witnessing testimony uh, that would encourage others to to open their mouths and share, uh, I'd love to hear it in that, uh, that number, 888-589-8840. It will make a difference. Uh, as the movie line goes, what one man can do, another man can do. So what Ray does on a regular basis, now granted, he has the gift of evangelism. And so the, the gift of evangelism um, means that that person is just going to really, um, really do well in that arena. And somebody else without the gift of evangelism, it doesn't mean that we're off the hook. Well, I don't have that gift, so I don't share. No, we share too. And uh, the evangelists, the Billy Grahams of this world, they may see a lot more people come to Christ, but that doesn't mean that we're not supposed to share in addition. And that is our job as uh, commanded by the Lord, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Well, we have Joe from North Carolina on the line. Joe, welcome to Real Truth for Today. Yeah, hey, uh, yeah, I just want to uh, pass on a tip for uh, people uh, that may not have gotten into witnessing but choose to. Uh, what I found I've been uh, quite successful with is have something tangible in your hand to hand off to them. Uh, I do uh, every other Sunday in here in eastern North Carolina, we, we do door-to-door discipleship. And, uh, you know, in, in addition to uh, witnessing, you know, we always start out, do you, do you have a church that you go to? And is it Bible-based and, you know, so on. But uh, what's key is uh, a track, okay, and they're very, it's probably one of the easiest things in the world to get our gospel tracks. Uh, we get ours from uh, ChristianBook.com, and I also, uh, from a, a fellow church, uh, have a, a homemade one that they have, and they have somebody in their church that actually does the printing of them, so that's more or less of a freebie tool. Uh, we insert within the track a card with the uh, Romans Road um, uh, passages on it, and I think probably the most important element is we have uh, the pastor's business card. Uh, we got his phone number, 
our address and on the back side of it, the, the church uh, times, when the Bible studies go, and so on and so on. And uh, that, that's uh, worked out quite well because we do see results, uh, the fruits of our work. Uh, eventually, we do see people uh, coming in the church, and uh, we ask them, um, you know, welcome aboard. Some of them I recognize uh, by uh, having uh, worked with them, but uh, the door to door, you can't beat it. And I'll tell you what, when you're done, it is an amazing feeling. The grace just pouring down through you that the Lord, uh, you know, bears on you. And uh, I always look forward to it. You know, it mm. is, it's a hobby. <laughs> that way. Uh, uh, and, um, you know, initially, you know, when you go out, you can have the butterflies, but pretty soon that's gone and it just becomes uh, natural. And uh, uh, I, I love doing it and I'm going to do it till the day I die. Amen. Thank you, Joe. Thank you for that encouragement. You know, the other thing, uh, you go out, especially in that environment, you're going out with somebody else. So you, if you've never done that before, you're not just thrown into the deep end by yourself. You have somebody that you can learn from and watch and, and you add in here and there. It's just like when I was uh, learning about sales, um, I would travel with another experienced salesman and, and I learned from him and then you're ready for a solo flight. So th- Joe, thank you for calling today. Thank you for sharing that with us. Well, we have Mark from, uh, from where's Mark from, uh, Michigan. Yes. Mark, go ahead. You're on the program today. Yeah, Jeff, I appreciate you very much. I, I love listening to your sermons. Huh? Thank you. Yeah. In the last year or couple of years, I've, had the opportunity to to go out with a group of pro-life, and we go to different campuses. And this year I have been blessed so much. I have no fear at all. And I've been basically a shy person most of my life. And we have tracks supplied. And I went recently to a a Grand Valley State University graduation downtown Grand Rapids uh, about four weeks ago. And just the people you meet, it, it doesn't matter how many people say no thank you. I just tell them, would you like to read some good news? And if they say no, thank you, I just move on. Mm -hmm. And I've met police officers that have talked to me. And one particular person was standing on the corner, and he was asking for money. And I was a little apprehensive because in the past, a person on the corner would yell at me, saying that you're interrupting my business, his panhandling. But, But I looked across the street to this man, and he smiled. And so I said, I've got to go over and talk to him. So I went across the street. I said, I, I have some good news. Would you like to read it? And he said, I will accept that. <laughs> and he had a smile on his face, and I ended up talking to him probably for 45 minutes. He told me his story and how he did not want to be on that corner. He needed money for an ID and a birth certificate. And just talking to him, I believe that he was telling me the truth. And he told me his story, and he said, I have a job opportunity. I just need this money. And I, I talked to him about all the different, different things. And finally, at the end, I said, I will pray for you. And he said, pray for me right now. He put his hand on my shoulder. I put my hand on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, I was so blessed by that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And it just watched me. It makes me want to do this more and more. Yes. Because it's a, it's a tremendous blessing, and it does not matter how many people 
say no thank you because right. the people you do meet it it'll change the way you look at the world amen Amen. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, Just getting out there to do that, the Lord can use you in great ways. If we don't share, he can't use us. You know, it's, it's hard to steer a parked car. But as we get out there, God will lead us to the people that he wants us to talk to. Well, we just have another minute, and we have Lynn in Arkansas. Lynn, go ahead. You're on the program today. Okay, I'll try to condense this. Uh, Bottom line, I was at a yard sale, which I found by just following signs. I was convicted to witness to these people by their conversation. I didn't do it. I, You know, they're strangers. I I didn't know how to begin. Um, I left. I tried to come back in about, you know, a couple hours. All the signs were down. I couldn't find them. It was in a tract, housing tract. Anyway, um, long story short, I started kind of uh, condemning myself. You know, I should have done it. I should have done it. I felt that strongly that day. Anyway, uh, shortly after I was at work in a business that was ready to go out of business, not many people came in. This guy came in, told me he was serious. We got in a company and I witnessed and I thought, you know, I kind of felt like God was kind of giving me another chance at that point. Amen. That's good, Lynn. So we all have stories where we, we miss the opportunity, but the Lord will, he, he's a God of forgiveness and grace. The word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, and we can have more opportunities to share Christ with him. Well, you've been listening to Real Truth for today, and I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. Follow me on Twitter, at Jeff Shreve, J-E-F-F-S-C-H-R-E-V-E. Find out more at uh, fromhisheart.org. God bless you, shine for Christ, and share, and God will use you. I'll be with you again next week. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.